This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Guess who went on a date last night? I actually did. Okay, it wasn't about you. Yeah, wasn't about you. All right, tell us. Ryan is back on the market, dating again. Uh, yes, it was sweet, y'all. It was so nice. And I, I told him that I was going, like I talked about this before. Because one thing I... I feel like everyone knows about me. I'm very private. Um, I'm not, you're never going to see him on any type of social media or anything. Like, that's just not my vibes. Um, unless you're in my close friends, then you get that exclusive tea. But um, I think it was just really sweet. We ended up going to the Black Cat, which is a nice, like, LGBTQ bar in Silver Lake. And we got a drink oh, before exactly dinner. exactly where you went. Okay. Well, Black Cat is a great space. I think everyone oh, should go yes, to the Black okay. Cat. It's a really, really nice outdoor bar. It's historical. Um, and when you're talking about queer history in L.A., mm-hmm. that's the spot. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, when we went to dinner afterwards. And then we went to another, uh, like, a gay bar, the Eagle, you know, for a little bit for some drinks. If I'm giving you some hot spots. Yeah, this is um, like a guide to gay LA. Yeah, you know? And then um, we just like went back to my spot and just chatted and listened to music and talked. And it was just, it was wonderful. That's nice. I'm happy for you. So this is someone you're going to go on another date with. For sure. I'm going on another date with him uh, probably next weekend. But then that's also the thing. I'm dating right now. So I also have a FaceTime with another guy tonight. Look at you playing the field. I'm excited, right? You, you know, I deserve. You deserve, and you need to do that. Even if you like someone more than other people, yeah, it's kind of part of the process. No, for sure, right? And like we made out and stuff. Okay, you know, Good and my lips you. were soft. Oh, your your lips were soft. Yeah, that's they're what not he soft said. anymore. <laughs> oh well, I don't know now. They might not be right now. <laughs> Cute. Okay. Now you know the Yelp review of Ryan's list. Y'all, y'all want me to date so bad, so y'all gonna get these stories. Get Scoop. into it. Yes. Okay, lots coming up on the show today besides that. Uh, how Colorado is stepping up for the uh, trans health care services. That's in 15 minutes. Uh, plus, actor Daniel Craig opens up about going to gay bars. That's in the tier report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. New York Governor Kathy Hochul said that 230 women and transgender people will be temporarily transferred out of Rikers Island to state-run facilities as New York City prison descends into lawlessness. Conditions on Rikers Island have deteriorated over the past several months, with state lawmakers calling it an absolute humanitarian crisis. But good on her for getting those uh, women, trans women, out of there. So important. Now, President Biden says the Department of Labor will issue an emergency rule around vaccinations. Here's what he had to say. The Labor Department is going to soon be issuing an emergency rule for companies with 100 or more employees to implement vaccination requirements among their workforce. Every day, we see more businesses implementing vaccination requirements, and the mounting data shows that they work. Finally, around 10,000 workers at Deere & Company, the maker of, you know, agricultural farming equipment known as John Deere, uh, there was a contract proposal that was rejected, and now those workers are on strike. And it's a dispute over wage increases. Meanwhile, as the company made a record of nearly $6 billion this fiscal year. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Daniel Craig has been refreshingly, like, honest in a new interview um, where he was basically seen kissing another guy. Back, and he kind of, like, talked about that back in, um, I believe it was, like, 
2010 where he got caught kind of kissing a guy? Well, he's talking all about it and spilling the tea himself. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. The actor candidly talked about his sexuality, why he goes to gay bars, and the night he was spotted kissing another man in a California bar. Um, he was on uh, Bruce Bozzi's Lunch with Bruce Serious XM podcast. And it's so funny because Bruce Bozzi was the one um, that he was spotted having an open mouth, passionate French kiss with uh, Daniel Craig back in 2010. And that's when it was all over the tabloids. People were like, oh, my God, like, can't believe we've seen that. Daniel Craig was actually the one that initiated the kiss. It was a whole thing. Well, here's what Daniel Craig has to say. He said, quote, for me, it was one of those situations and and the irony is, you know, we kind of got caught, I suppose, which was kind of weird because we were doing nothing effing wrong. Um, wow. Yeah, very I, cute, cool. I know, right? He goes on to say, what happened is we were having a nice night and I kind of were talking to you about my life and when my life was changing and we got drunk and I was like, okay, let's just go to a bar. Come on, let's effing go. And uh, he said that he just doesn't like, kind of give an F and he was like we're in and so then they ended up going to a gay bar and apparently Daniel Craig loves going to the gay bars he says he hates going to straight bars because there's so much toxic masculinity it's like a okay. whole thing um, and he said as a kid because it was like I don't want to end up eating in a punch uh, being in a punch up and I did that would happen quite a lot and it would just be a good place to go everyone was chill everybody you don't really have to uh, sort of state your sexuality it was okay and it was just a very safe place to be he also said that he used it as an ulterior motive to, to meet women as well which seems a little predatory but that's another conversation it's okay I'm looking for these pictures. I can't seem to find them. Wow. It's I fine. I was interested. Anyway. anyway, but it's really refreshing to see how open he is because he's very kind of, uh, you know, inside. That's your T-Report. I got more stories coming up next. Oh, my God. We're talking about Joe Rogan later on, too, but not in the T-Report. It's yeah. just annoying. It's I just can't. Okay, next up, the latest on Colorado's mandate mm. to cover transgender services. This is a really big deal, so stick around for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Colorado made a national statement Tuesday, becoming the first state to require some insurers to cover transition-related care for transgender people as an essential benefit. How about that? It's huge. No, it's such a big deal. And joining us right now, we are so honored to have Representative Brianna Titone joining us, who is part of the Health and Insurance Committee, Energy and Environment Committee, Vice Chair Joint Technology Committee. I mean doing a lot, but more importantly, is here to talk about this topic. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure to be with you. Well, how huge is this? Oh, this is this is really huge. Um, you know, we, uh, as trans people, have been fighting for uh, benefits and health insurance for a long time. And even in Colorado, with a lot of really good benefits uh, already, there's been a lot of people reaching out to me saying, like, how come I can't get this service? How come I can't get this? And now, you know, just about everything is covered for trans people, and we're the first state to do that. I mean, this is huge. Yes, I mean, great. this is a historic moment and model for other states, but are there any, like, fine print details that aren't really getting the same attention that the community needs to, to know about? No, there's really nothing uh, that's that's fine print. I mean, you know, people will see a small increase in their premiums, and they're estimating sixty four cents per person per month. Yeah. So it's a really small amount of money, and that's not just for the trans care. That's also for another bill that I worked on, uh, which gives everyone in Colorado a free mental health and wellness exam, like a physical. Mm -hmm. uh, we're the first state to do that. And we're also uh, changing the law for care for substance abuse. So that 64 cents covers all three of those things. And that will in turn have a return on investment for lowering the cost of care because, you know, you're not going to have emergency mental health care. And that's the that's the goal is to eliminate that emergency care, which is super expensive by yeah. doing it on the front end. And the only reason why I asked is because I was reading on Axios Denver, they said the transgender cover, including hormone therapy and genital reconstructive surgery, is extremely limited and won't take effect until 2023. And I feel like that is not something that's really getting the same attention when you're celebrating this huge moment. It's just like, all right, what are the details so people can know? Well, how can I get covered? 
Right. Well, I mean, you know, you can't start a, a new kind of coverage in the middle of the year. That's right. just really difficult. It's disruptive to the plans that exist. So that's why it starts in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not aware of, of um, what the small limitations are that, that you're talking about, but having access to facial feminization surgery, which is a huge big deal for a lot mm-hmm. of people, and removing body hair uh, and having that covered it's a really big expense uh, for trans people to have and to not have to deal with that, uh, having trans people be underemployed most of the time. So it's, it's a really big deal. No, it's exciting. Yeah. Are you kidding me? How can this be implemented nationwide? What are we seeing? Well, I think that, you know, this example uh, is really going to be the shining star uh, that everyone's going to be looking to navigate to. And, they're going to see that this is a very small amount of money uh, that we're investing in our people. And, you know, while states like Texas are discriminating against trans people deliberately and taking away websites for their mental health and uh, suicide prevention information for LGBT resources, you know, we're doing the opposite. We're caring for our people uh, because we know that when you care for people and you give them what they need, you have better outcomes and you're helping the economy, you're helping everything that comes at, comes with that. Yeah, and I also think this is a great example of one, even holding our own party kind of accountable in when it's like, if we want to enact change, we have to do it because, you know, Governor Jared Polis described this moment as a great day for health care in Colorado, but we do know some of his past actions have kind of been counter to that right and so i think this is a wonderful moment to be like oh we're actually moving forward and you know these this progressive change is really really important for the lives of queer and trans folks absolutely and you know um nobody's perfect uh you know uh, even even uh i'd like to say some of my republican colleagues are are right as much as the stopped clock but uh <laughs> you know we have to take the good things when we can get them and this is a really really important uh, step in the right direction for, for health care for LGBT people, especially trans people. And as I said, you know, there's so many attacks. This has the, been the worst year on attacks for yeah. trans people across the country with legislation. So this is really a complete step in the opposite direction to where many other states are going. And uh, I think that they're going, this may change their minds about where we go with this and how it actually improves uh you know, the state of, of people in their in those other states. Definitely. Well, that was Colorado Representative Brianna Tetone. Thank you so much again and hope you get to celebrate a bit. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Trigger warning, we're about to talk about Joe Rogan. <laughs> For real. No, but seriously, <laughs> that's actually really smart because right. you can turn it off now if you want. You know, we need we need the ratings. It would help to continue listening, but Just turn we, it down. we promise we're going to give you a different perspective. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta decided to torture himself. Oh my god! And he was a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast. Why? Here's a moment. In terms of the nuance of this, it's not a strategy to recommend people get infected. I'm not recommending immunity. anybody get infected. So they should get vaccinated. I think a lot of people should get vaccinated. You're talking, but I think a, you're lot talking of people a lot of should. vulnerable people. If, yeah. if you just said vulnerable people, yeah, be a older lot of people. people, fat people. I think a lot of those folks. My real concern is this urge to vaccinate children, and I don't know what kind of data we have on the long-term effects of this. Okay, what's the point? Well, I, I, I think for me, I'm just no longer going to entertain Joe Rogan. It's one of those things where this guy seriously thinks he's smarter than the doctor who has been on the front lines trying to tell America and keep America informed about everything that's happening in this pandemic. And you're going to like try to go head to head with Dr. Sanjay Gupta of all people. I, don't, I just don't get it. Joe Rogan is not someone that I will ever, and I don't understand how people do it. How do people sit through his podcast? I think that episode was three hours long. How do you sit well, through that? Yeah. I mean, people are obsessed with him. He has like his bro fan base. It's really sad. And I mean, the other question is, Dr. Sanjay Gupta deciding to do this. I mean, talk about 
the courage to handle three hours with this person. And I get it. It's kind of his responsibility. Yeah. Like, it's not just about being on the shows where you're appreciated and supported. It's about putting yourself in front of audiences and these types of people who are skeptical about your work and what you do and the science and saying, okay, I'm going to like explain this to you and your audience, which is important. So I almost, I give credit to Dr. Sanjay for doing this. Right. I also... And I say this with just say I credit in a way Joe Rogan for even having someone like him. On. Gross. No, I'm not crediting Joe Rogan for anything. Joe Rogan only does, does things because he wants to continue to have his high ratings on his uh, on his podcast and get all the the numbers and all that stuff. Joe Rogan bought that man online uh, over to his podcast to basically be like. I don't believe anything that you're saying, even though you you know the science, you know what's happening, and I'm just going to believe what I believe. These are the same people who say they're doing their own research. Those type of people listen to Joe Rogan. They don't actually do their research. Their research is probably going on that podcast. So maybe there is a um a you know a a a. a sp- sprinkle a positivity because maybe they're going to be extremely informed by listening to Dr. Sanjay Gupta. But at the, at some point it also is one of those things where people have already made their minds up, unfortunately. And Joe Rogan has not even helped that. He said he, um, he's not anti-vaccine, but he missed his vac. He missed his vaccination appointment because of scheduling conflicts. But you never got it again. You never tried to go and get it the next day. It's like you're playing games and you just want to continue to live in your conspiracy-filled world. And it's ridiculous. Well, actually, it's not even just conspiracy-filled. This is my take on it too. In addition to because it's nuanced. Are it's you about very, to tell me you're an anti-vaxxer on no, there? It's, it's his privileged world. Oh, okay. Is he's living in a world where he's recommending things because he has access to all this new age stuff, which could or could not help, and saying like, well, if you do all this stuff, then you're going to be okay without thinking about just so many other nuances to the conversation. He's looking at it in a very one-sided way, in his own bubble way, yeah. involving what he has access to. But do we really want to listen to someone who took horse medicine? No. We I don't. don't even think this is the only reason why not to listen to him. No, of course not. <laughs> but that's a, that's a major one. That has to be a top five. Including when people are calling poison control because of taking this. No, if you want to take it, take it. Because it's just, at this point, it's survival of the fittest. Take it. Well, uh, coming up next, we have some good news. Russia's drag race is here. How about that? Oh, my God. What, another season of drag race? But in Russia, what fans can expect, that's next on What's Training This Hour. Let's go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Yes, who was feeling that groove just now? I was moving in the studio. Well, we've got more music here for you Were on you? Channel Q. Actually, I was. You were looking. Not. She was texting and she was. T- you know, I bop while I do things. <laughs> she was writing emails. You, you you can do both at once. It's called <laughs> multi movement tasking. Just. <laughs> 
God. Multi move. What are you I'm Jane? a new thing. You're like Jane Fonda <laughs> doing an 80s workout. Hey, she, it worked for her. I'll take that. We've got lots coming up. Uh, the T Report, Jonah Hill is telling the media to stop asking him this one question. That's with Ryan in a moment. Plus, why you shouldn't be taking a daily aspirin to prevent heart attacks or a stroke. That's in 15 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A copycat version of RuPaul's Drag Race has launched in Russia, which is, by the way, one of the most anti-LGBTQ countries on Earth. So you think, great, Drag Race. No, actually, it's not that good. Because the country, which notoriously bans gay propaganda in media, they're basically trying to remove anything gay from the they're program. stratifying it. Yeah, it's called uh, Royal, oh, Royal Cobras. <laughs> That's what it calls. It stars online celebrity Nastia Ivliva, a straight cisgender woman as the host. And the judges are also straight celebrities. Like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Here's my thing. I was over the fact that there was going to be another franchise that I would have to watch because I was going to watch it. Um, because it just starts to be too much at that point. But to straightify? It's horrible. Drag race? Don't even do it. Drag is queer. What are you talking about? Drag is all types of things. And to completely erase it just to to capitalize off of the the name and, and capitalize off the what people enjoy, mm-hmm. what's the point of even doing I just know Russian TV is probably the most boring thing ever. You think? It's almost like it'll be entertaining how boring it is, like how weird. Gross. It is a drag. Wow, now, I see what you did there. Former President Donald Trump is, okay, are you ready for this? The clear front runner for the Republican Party's 2024 presidential nomination, according Duh. to new polls. She's just giving me anxiety. Although a small faction of the GOP opposes Trump, the vast majority of Republicans continue to view him favorably. The new poll found that 47% of Republicans say they would vote for Trump, and the closest contender behind him is VP Mike Pence. This is just a repeat. It's like Groundhog's Day. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right. So let's talk Jonah Hill really quickly um, because I have some really exciting news about We Can Survive that I have to tell you about. So Jonah Hill is speaking out all about the comments, um, you know, that people have about his body. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. He said this on Instagram today, or Wednesday, yesterday. Uh, He said, I know you mean well, but I kindly ask that you not comment on my my body with the little heart emoji. He said, good or bad, I want to politely let you know it's not helpful, doesn't feel good, much respect. Mm. You know, a lot of people were very supportive, including his sister in the comments, who was like, that's my big bro, love that. However, one star in particular appeared to miss the mark with her comment, Sharon Stone. Um, She wrote under Hill's post, can I just say you look good? Cause you do, with a fire emoji. And everyone commented being like, Jesus, Sharon, read the room. Another one added, Sharon is the new Karen. Um, Now, it's like, what? Why would you comment when he literally said, don't comment about his body? Which is weird because I thought it was a picture of him. No, it literally is a post with the text, right? So it's not like you need to read the caption to find out more. What are you like? I would say like, okay, well, she posted a picture of him with that in the caption. She obviously didn't read the caption but the caption is the picture well it's always those things that i totally understand what jonah's coming from really quick as i wrap this up it's because even if you're like telling someone oh are you losing weight you look great you, your face looks slimmer you're thinking that's a compliment but actually no that is awful to say to someone because that's just one you don't know how they're internalizing that you don't know what True. they're going through yeah. to like what to get their body in the ways that they want it to look and when you're just only saying someone looks be- beautiful off of the body standards that you know are deemed like skinny and whatever it it just it does not feel good it's never never good either if it's good or bad the intention doesn't matter and so that's your tea report i got more stories check that story out coming up on next hour and then i got more stories on wearechannelq.com great now oh let's talk about we can't survive really quickly it's the iconic show that we always do every year um we can't survive at the iconic hollywood bowl october 23rd is sold out but guess what channel q has your chance to win to get in to see coldplay doja cat black eyed peas maroon five sean mendez kid Leroy, and i mean here's the thing like i said tickets are sold out so if you want in the only way in is to win. Just head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter to win for a gr- for great seats. Or do you get four great seats? Oh, my God. I wonder how many seats Four you great get. seats. Like You get like four tickets? No, it's four great seats. Why F-O-R. is it highlighted? 
Oh, what if they're giving four seats out? I don't know. Let's go on the website. You get a hotel room for the night because, honey, if you get party and you get drunk, that just happens. Um, Odyssey's We Can't Survive does benefits the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Good luck. I'm going to find out if it's four No, it is four. Seats, number four. Right? It's number four. I was right. There you go. You get basically two, a, a, a double date. Yeah. Bring your friends, your family. We are ChannelQ.com. You better enter to win. I'll, I'll be saying this again in a much smoother way next hour. Perfect. Next up, why experts are saying now that you shouldn't be taking an aspirin daily to prevent a heart attack or stroke. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. After years of recommending that middle-aged and older Americans consider taking low-dose aspirin to prevent a first heart attack or stroke, well, guess what? The U.S. task force is saying, don't do that. Joining us right now to break down what's going on is Dr. Shenwen Sang, who's a member of the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force, who announced this, as well as a family physician and research director at the University of Hawaii, John A. Burns School of Medicine. Thanks for joining us for this. Oh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Well, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, what exactly happened? Why now for this announcement after pushing it for so many years? So this is a pretty uh, important recommendation. There are some changes. You know, what we're talking about is really preventing that first heart attack and stroke, which, uh, you know, in the U.S., there's 1.2 million people each year who experience the first heart attack and stroke. So the real question is really, um, you know, does aspirin have a role in helping to prevent that? So there have been some changes, and now we're saying that for people ages 40 to 59, that aspirin can have some small benefit for some people um, in preventing the first heart attack and stroke, but it has to really be weighed against any um, potential risk of bleeding from aspirin. So the main point is to um, consider it but to really do so with a clinician and make sure it's the right decision for you. Yeah, so, and, oh, sorry, uh, you have more. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, there's a second part. The, oh. the second part is, you know, now starting age 60 and over, you know, the risk of bleeding from aspirin increases with age. So we're actually recommending against starting aspirin in people without a history of heart attack and stroke. Right. So I I do wonder the timing of this news in such a time where people are really having a a hard time really believing science. um, I wonder, is this a positive thing? It feels like it's a negative thing for people who are already hesitant about everything medical and science. It just feels like this type of news should have came out earlier if we knew. Like, why now? I think people um, really trust their doctors and they believe in science. They're just having a hard time figuring out what's, you know, you know, what's news and what's actually science. So that's really what the recommendation is saying, too, is rather than just sort of starting aspirin on your own, um, it really means for ages people, for people age 40 to 59, it means actually going to the doctor that you trust, uh, the clinician that you trust, and saying, hey, you know, one, am I at increased risk for heart attack and stroke? Tell me about my diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol. If I am, does it make sense for me to take an aspirin? Um, Am I at risk for bleeding um, from aspirin, you know, stomach ulcers? uh, Am I on blood thinners? That would make it worse. And then make that decision for yourself. That's really important. So I guess the question is, what should people be doing instead as a preventive? What is the recommendation? Well, our recommendation for this one is on aspirin. um, Okay. But... You know, the U.S. Task Force, Preventive Service Task Force, has many recommendations, and some of those are really key ones on all the other things that put us at risk for heart attacks and strokes, such as screening for diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, how to do with overweight and obesity, uh, stopping smoking. Those are just as key. So aspirin is on top of everything else we would do to keep ourselves healthy. What about uh, diet or lifestyle changes. Are those part of the recommendations that you share or look into? Oh, they're definitely in the, in all of, you know, the repertoire of um, task force recommendations that we have, you know, we're a national uh, guideline making uh, task force. We were mandated by Congress. We have over 80 different recommendations. Many of them really focus on the most important things to health. So you talk about, you know, eating right, uh, exercising, uh, uh, taking care of stress, uh, making sure we have good mental health, all those things we cover 
this particular one is about aspirin, but again, it's on top of uh, all the other things we can do to make sure we stay healthy, especially during this pandemic. Of course. Well, thank you so much for that update and for breaking it all down. We appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you. That was Dr. Shenwen Sang, who's a member of the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force and also a family physician research director at the University of Hawaii, Johnny Byrne School of Medicine. Next up, would you want to zap away your negative thoughts, a new implant that could help you do that? But is it ethical? Would you really want that in your life? We debate it next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. If I told you I could solve or have it so that you don't think negative thoughts ever again, would you take that solution? You know, I have, I I think the easy answer here is to say yes, Mm -hmm. but I have another POV. Okay, well, there's actually possibly a solution coming. These uh, scientists at the University of California, San Francisco, they have, it seems like, created a device that you could put in your brain that interrupts depressive thoughts with a burst of electrical stimulation. This is something they've been experimenting with, and they found uh, the person they did it with had severe depression, and because of their work, she had nearly no symptoms after a year of working with them and using this device. This is wild. This is actually a game changer. No, here's the thing. I, I think it's very good in the sense of if it can cure depression and and and, and really help people navigate that and, and just get completely like better, I think that's beautiful. And I think technology is bound to get there at some point if it's yeah. not already there. Um, my only thing is if I had an opportunity to choose what type of negative thoughts, that's oh, okay. I, I would be like, okay, I don't want to think negatively about my body. Okay, I don't want to think of that. So if you can get rid of those type of thoughts, cool, get rid of them. Because I think stripping away all of the negativity is going to have you out here being very zombie, yeah. the walking dead, That's what because you have about. no emotions or anything. So if there I'm like, go. I'd rather be able to take away some of the negative thoughts, not all of them. Because I do think sometimes negative thoughts are necessary to either help you get some sort of perspective or to help you, one, it'll push you to get the help that you actually need sometimes. Because totally. if it's just nothing but positivity and you think nothing's wrong, when everybody else looking at your ass being like, um, this person's crazy. Well, let's also be clear, like growth and new neural connections happen when you go through an experience and you learn. And you could say if you didn't go through shifts of of anything or emotion, like, are you really learning? If everything is always perfect, are you learning from that situation? Yeah. Right. And then there's also the the idea of like, yeah, this this zombie like mode that we're going to put people in. I think there's a lot of ethics around this. There'd be. What's a, the ethics? You well, keep using reliab- that word. Like, what uh, there's it? a reliability on doctors to say, what are you going to take out? Right. Like what, right. what are you going to take out from? people from feeling Mm, right and it's basically it's up to the person but it's also really up to the doctors what do they deem negative enough or harmful enough and that's there's a bit of a bias around that well yeah i do think it's objective to to say well what do you think it like is negative because what you think is negative probably could be to the next person not as negative it could be like they think of it completely different and i think a lot of times our life experiences informs how we view what is negative, right? Or what can be triggering for us. And I think oftentimes this type of work that they're doing is not a one size fit all. It has to be de- like tailored what are, to what somebody is going through in all of their life, not just one period O-M-G. of OMG. You remember Jim Carrey, uh, what's the Spotless Mind, whatever? Uh, I thought you were going to say Bruce Almighty. No. Uh, you know that Jim Carrey movie where he basically breaks up and there's a technology and he could go to somewhere to wipe out his memory of that relationship and like just what happens when... He- when you go through that? No, I can give you one better. That Adam Sandler movie about the remote when he was able to like that fast too. forward. So I'm saying like when you have parts. that choice of cutting things out, obviously I don't want people yeah. to die. Mental health is a huge issue. It's an it is a <laughs> you, say you don't want people to die? Yeah. I don't want people to take their lives. Yeah. That's Mental true. Mental health is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. It's a disease, right? So you could say like there's the positive side, which is like any disease, we are treating cancer. We are treating, I mean, COVID, we are treating X, Y, and Z. Why not have something that could treat mental health? But getting rid of it, my thing is with mental health, it's a constant thing, right? And and getting rid of it, 
I don't think that's just you're able to just get rid of it like it's some pimple that's just going to go away. It's something that constantly needs to be like well, just like anything and but worked if, on. If you've had a major disease or illness. You, you have to change your lifestyle, right? So you're going to have to like yeah. integration and things you have to do to maintain maintenance. But it means it's like it moves your baseline way up. So your baseline is way down where like everything that happens just puts you in a depression. Here's the thing. It brings it up. Real quick. This feels like a shortcut. That that it, that it is, that feels like a shortcut, are, and there's nothing good about shortcuts. Uh, but when you have mental illness, it's like you're saying that, but that's also not when you're in that place. It's not like a shortcut. It's like you do need help. No, I get that, but it's like, like you can't even get to okay, the point. Where can you we have keep a talking about this? I want to keep talking about this because I want to explain what I mean okay. by it's a shortcut. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about this new research that's coming out from the University of uh, San Francisco where these scientists put in this brain implant that zaps away negative thoughts. And we were debating if this is something that we'd want. Is it ethical? So you were about to bring up something, Ryan, about that. Well, I felt, I feel like it's a shortcut. I think just zapping it away... It takes away the the journey of getting better because I feel like that journey is so, so important when you're going through mental health issues and you're getting a therapist and you're working through and, and shedding all those layers of trauma and shedding and finding kind of like yourself in some way. Yeah. Just zapping it in one little moment feels like that is such a shortcut. And guess what? I've always heard that shortcuts is nothing good with a shortcut. You can't, you know... Uh, what there's like there's like a saying about an elevator. If you try to take the elevator to success or something like that, it's like totally. it's not it's it's so just not good. He, I I agree for the quote unquote. I hate to say this like normal average person. I think when you have a broken leg, you need help walking. Right? It's not even about shortcuts. That's what that's what therapy moving. and stuff is. But I think that there are parts of mental illness beyond therapy, and that's right. the that's the reality of that situation. <gasps> so I do believe. In these new um, these new solutions, we need it because guess what? Well, we are talking about the ethics of this, and it does bring up a lot of conversations. I'm more open to this than people being on a bunch of depression pills yeah, than I they're agree. addicted to. I what agree. about the ethics of that? I feel that way as well. I I, I because all that is is just to really talk Get about the pharmaceutical, numbing you know industry exactly so you know when we talk about this like oh we're scared of tech and robots and all this stuff and what that means yeah i i see bigger possibilities and opportunities with this well there are so many questions in play yeah. and also by the way what if someone hacks into it like there's all these things that you could think That's about true and don't get me wrong Black mirror I think, vibes i do think this is a good good idea um i think anytime we see technology and we start to see it uh these medical advancements i feel like it's that's just more powerful and we're going to start seeing society have more opportunities to succeed because people are going to have more more opportunities to like feel their 100% best and so for me I do think this is a good idea but I do wonder about the negative kind of cons which that's kind of like oxymoron or like whatever redundant like a, yeah it's redundant um, the cons to something like this 
there will always be cons, but there's always cons in any sort of medical solution. Yeah. Right? Uh, There's always those, like, instances where things don't work out, et cetera. I want to really recommend, if you're interested in this type of stuff and the emergence of this type of stuff, remember we had Taryn Southern, my friend on, who did this documentary, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I Am mm -hmm. Human. It is out everywhere, and it talks about um, and follows the journeys of a paraplegic, a blind retiree, and an artist with Parkinson's as they receive cutting-edge brain implants while scientists and ethicists attempt to, uh, quote, and this is from their IMDb, by the way, (laughs) to reconcile the future of the human race. So it's really very much what we're talking about. But through these experiences, you see the power of this and how beautiful it actually is on the other side. Well, you know what else is going to be beautiful and kind of goes along with just yeah. crying wow. and being on? emotional. Okay. Um, in 10 minutes, we're going to have uh, the new Adele song. <gasps> we're playing it. Don't go anywhere because it's going to be pretty iconic. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So, of course, we just premiered Adele's new single right here on Channel Q, Easy On Me, yes. which was amazing. Yes, yes, yes. If you missed it, stick around because we'll be playing it more here on Channel Q. But speaking of that, this is like perfect timing because we were going to have a story kind of relating to Adele right now. Yeah. Because she spoke out in a recent interview with Vogue mm-hmm. talking about her mental health and how she coped during anxious times, including during the pandemic. And she said, it was a lot of sound baths. It was a lot of meditation. It was a lot of therapy and it was a lot of time spent on my own. And Uh, guess what? Sound baths actually don't include being in a tub. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? Like taking a bath? Oh, sound bath. Okay. Why was I like slow on that? Anyway. Well, it explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us right now is Dr. Helen Lavretsky, professor of psychiatry at UCLA, director of integrative psychiatry program. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about how sound baths work when it comes to mental health. First, I guess, for those who might not know what a sound bath is, what is it? Well, it could be done by relaxing and listening to Tibetan singing bowls uh, playing or gong. And it could be for a various duration of time. It could be up to... Uh, half an hour or an hour or longer, it could be as brief as five to 10 minutes. And it provides you with an opportunity to completely relax your mind and body. And with that, reduce stress and anxiety. So um, it's been used in very ancient uh, meditative techniques um, and has a profound effect of relaxation and stress reduction. And I think it works for Adele and many others. I guess for me, um, and you've, by the way, you've I've done it once. I've done it once. Only once. Yeah, I've only done it once. Um, I still never really understood though, because if I'm being honest, I take a nap. I every when I went to a sound bath, it does relax you to the point where you'll sleep, but it doesn't really feel like. Well, how does this work? Like, is it a frequency thing? Like, how does science play into to this? Because I think that's what it's like. It's connected to the brain, right? If I'm understanding correctly. It, it, uh, yes, it also, it works on the brain, it works on entire body, frequency does play a role, they say it has not, the uh, number of frequency has not been researched in detail, but uh, sound healers and those uh, musicians who develop instruments claim that certain uh, frequencies of the instruments and the music would uh, provide you with uh, more relaxation or uh, an effect on your immune system or on uh, your spiritual elevation. And so, uh, yes, many fall asleep, and that may work for some, uh, but uh, for others, uh, they just deeply relax. And the musician like Adele has an uh, absolute appreciation of the sound. Uh, So that might speak to her more. Oh, so if you're a musician, it's better. (laughs) Or a Buddhist monk, because Buddhist monks chant all the time, mm, yeah. you know. So, And it's all about frequency and frequency for our brain and body and the music sounds. Yeah, according uh, to, well, actually, you in this Today.com article, you said. <laughs> so according to you. I was like, oh, experts, <laughs> you. Um, that it reduces depression, improved cognition, brain metabolism, reduced cortisol, and reduced inflammation. I mean, all this is very important. Uh, Why do you think it's just getting, I guess, recognition now since it has been around for a long time? 
I think in the face of pandemic, everybody is looking for something to come down and center and have a, a sanctuary for themselves because the world out there is pretty crazy right now. So um, that's one tool. Another tool that I recommend, and it also is affected by sound, is breathing, slow yeah. breathing. And a slow music would slow your breath. That's sort of the natural response. So what do you say to people who just think this is just hippy-dippy? Well, you know, everybody is different, so they would uh, have to look for something that works for them. Uh, listening to the music generally is very healing, uh, and they could find their own music and their own way to relax. Breathing is non-controversial completely. You know, everybody breathes. And it's been documented that slowing your breath uh, uh, to five to six uh, breaths per minute would drop your blood pressure, drop your heart yeah. rate, and... And non-believers could just breathe slowly and uh, and, and uh, deeply. Yeah, actually, there's a test that you do that if you do the, uh, it's called the box breath. It's like four in, four hold, four out of your mouth, like into your nose, out through your mouth, that you could actually slow your heart rate. Like, that's an experiment you can try if you don't believe it. I have a even. question. Are these bowls, are they actually accessible? Like, can people, like, are they expensive? Can you do it yourself? Is yeah, can you do it about? yourself? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you, uh, like every music instrument, and I was trained in playing uh, piano, for instance, you have to practice it, but you definitely can purchase them and practice. Take uh, oh. even, uh, I think uh, there are classes on YouTube you could take. <laughs> oh, so it's actually an instrument. I thought yeah, it was just instrument. literally, oh, I'm going to home goods and getting well, the bowl. You, anyone can get it, but can you actually use it properly? Oh. You know, just like anything. Well, thank you so much for breaking this down. Wow. We appreciate it. I'd rather just pay you Okay. To do it. I yes, you will. That's why a lot of people go to class. Where's the Ubers for sound bowls? Like the Uber Eats. <laughs> just search sound just bowls, uh, sound healing classes. Yeah. Anyway, that was Dr. Helen Lavretsky, a professor of psychiatry at UCLA and director of integrative psychiatry program. Uh, thank you again. Uh, well, next up, how to get past money issues in a relationship. It's one of the leading causes of breakups. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. You know, finances can become one of the biggest issues in a relationship. So how should you approach it? We have an expert here to join us. Adam Cole is the couple's financial coach. He helps couples who love each other make sure the money conversation doesn't get in the way. All right. And also hosts the Couples Financial Coach podcast. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you so much both for having me. Yes. So, wait, the important thing is, are you actually in a relationship oh. or are you just talking to couples? <laughs> Ah, great question. I am. I am engaged, in fact. Oh, okay, good. No hypocrites on this show. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she works in finance, so I can't get off easy with any of this stuff. She oh, is just as savvy about. as I am and then some. Okay. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about uh, how to approach this conversation. At, at what point in the relationship? Great question. I think that it has to do with the stage you're at in life. So, if you're at an age where you're just having fun dating, but you're not looking for a serious committed partnership, then maybe it doesn't have to happen quite yet. But the more you progress through life to a point where you are looking for your life partner, then I'm an advocate for getting that conversation started sooner. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be in really intense ways, like let's look at each other's bank accounts. Right. You can just ask things like, hey, what was life like growing up for you? Uh, how are your parents around money? Did you ever experience poverty? Things like that. And just listen to what your partner has to say. Yeah, I think, you know, money can just be so like, especially if you made mistakes uh, financially and you're just like single and you're like, OK, it's only me that has to worry about that. But once you enter mm -hmm. a relationship, you're like, oh, now I have to kind of let them in on something that feels very sensitive. How do you mm -hmm. kind of edge into that conversation? Because no one wants to know that your credit score sucks. Right. Well, most people don't get edge into that conversation at all. Right. One thing that I see all the time with people before they come work with me is that, like you said, there's some sort of negative narrative or emotion around money. And because of that, they just avoid the topic moment to moment, but a moment becomes a month, becomes a year, becomes a decade, right? And that means if you avoid it, you're never going to learn more or work on your finances. And then That's as true. time goes by, it only becomes 
more tempting to avoid what's now even a more uncomfortable topic, right? So how do you get into it? I recommend not starting with the numbers. I think this is the biggest mistake couples make is they start trying to discuss, should we eat out less? Should we eat out more? Should we get the Hulu or should we stick with the Netflix? If you don't feel comfortable talking about money with this person, and if you don't know where you're at financially and where you're trying to get to, those conversations have no context and they could easily lead to misunderstandings or disagreements. So I always say the best place to start is just sharing your points of view around money, the perspectives you have, how you think about it. Even questions like, what do you think about rich people? What do you think about (laughs) poor people? Mm. Like your value system. Yeah. What if, yeah, what? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Just that it really is about your values. I mean, that's well Mm -hmm. said. Yeah. Yeah. So what if one of you in the relationship likes to spend money and one doesn't? Like, how do you reconcile Ooh, Who are that? you, Shira? So I'll just share my perspective. Oh, great. I no. shouldn't have asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for uh, the relationship I'm in now, I'm definitely the one. I'm no overspend, though. Like, I'm mm. not one of those people. But I definitely spend more money than my partner right now. And he's been better at saving and all that. And I see the results of that <laughs> situation. <laughs> um, so that actually inspires me, even though I am triggered by it and it's challenging seeing what he's created in his life by doing that empowers me to do it it's hard though because it involves really looking at myself and making some decisions which can suck if you just want to yeah avoid doing that or you want to just uh live without any sort of uh strategy it's your life right and i think you said it beautifully right so much value in appreciating what your partner brings to the table, even if in some ways you could say, oh, it's the opposite of mine, right? I see this all the time with the partner who is kind of a freewheeling spender. They might often be more spontaneous as well in general and with money. That person helps the one who's a little more, you know, tight-fisted, helps them have a little fun and enjoy life and do nice things for themselves, right? And vice versa, the person who is the one who has that spreadsheet and the checking their their accounts <laughs> yes. every day, they can help that other person get a little bit more grounded. And I think there's really something to learn and appreciate from both sides. Yes. And if you can take that tack, then it kind of reframes it. Um, and it's really okay for two people to have different perspectives and points of view and ways of relating to money. I mean, I see that in basically every single couple who I work with. Right, But it can go from a point of tension if they lean into it, like you said, and they're willing to be humble that they can learn, willing to be vulnerable about ways that they maybe haven't been responsible or have you know, not done good things for themselves because they've been too scared to spend money, then they can learn and grow and do it together. And yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most wonderful joys in a relationship is feeling like... I was able to communicate some sort of wisdom that improved my significant other's life. Oh, Adam, here's the thing. I do wonder, though, do you recommend having separate bank accounts or joint ones? When's when's the right time to do that? It's another hot question. Um, we only got 10 say. seconds, so. Oh okay. Uh, <laughs> Should we pass it on to the next episode? Uh, oh, uh, yes. segment? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Can we leave it as a cliffhanger? Yeah, let's leave it as a cliffhanger. Oh, Adam, guess what? Wanna, You're in I luck. I want to talk about bank accounts and credit cards. Oh, here next. we go. Come on. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay. We're back. We Talking finances. Yeah. With our favorite financial guy. But I don't not know if just he is. any finances. <laughs> well, now he is. Yeah. Uh, in a relationship, Adam Cole is back with us, the couple's financial coach. Thanks again. Cliffhanger alert. I My left pleasure. one, us, everyone waiting because I wanted to know should you have separate bank accounts? Should you have a joint bank account? When's the time to know? I, I love this question. And there are so many ideas out there. Uh, you know, the first thing I'll say is you are free to do whatever is best for you and your relationship and where you are in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second is be careful about narratives that we have attached to whether or not we have a joint bank account with our significant other, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is better or worse. That's kind of a societal construct that people will put upon it, but it's not true. You can do whatever is best. Sometimes people have dealt with 
financial abuse in the past mm-hmm. or just someone who took advantage of them financially. And so they may not be ready for joint accounts, even if they want to get there. And so in that case, I say, you know, buy a toaster together, lease a car together, rent mm-hmm. an apartment together, take those baby steps. And over time, you'll learn more and more about each other and learn to handle money in more of a partnership teamwork way. But if you can actually bring together your hearts and minds, look at your numbers, share your fears and worries and your hopes and dreams and come up with a financial vision together, then you can ask yourself, instead of should I have joint or separate accounts as this kind of detached abstract question, you can look at what your financial goals are for the next, yep. say, one, three, five years, and then make that decision. Wow, I and know I you and your partner are happy. Yeah, you and your partner must be yeah, really happy. have a healthy relationship. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know what? It was interesting because uh, my current partner brought up, uh, this is the first time I've ever done this, to, that he was going to add a credit card on his account for me so that we can get points together. And then he does send me a mm-hmm. spreadsheet of what I owe and I just spend on that. And now actually we're getting all these points together, which will then be part of us getting maybe a holiday trip. Oh, so get a partner exactly. only for the points. I mean, there you go. Hey. All right. I'm looking. <laughs> Let's get a credit card together, future partner. Well, out see, there. if that's your objective, then you better ask about that credit score on the first date, right? Well, he has he well, had better credit well, score I than I did. I have no problem asking for someone's social security <laughs> and credit score on the first date. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Adam Cole is a couples financial coach. Check out his podcast, also Couples Financial Coach Podcast. It's that easy. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And we'll be back with more What's Trending This Hour next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. In an emotional episode of Red Table Talk, the Estefans, TV star Karamo Brown is opening up about struggling to accept himself due to colorism within his family and community. And he also talked about how he taught his sons how to love their skin. I tell them their skin is gorgeous. The darker, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they hear it. And I realize it's important the language I have in my home. Yes. I no longer allow other family members, cousins, aunts, uncles, anyone to make comments to my kids and me to walk away. It's important for me to now to be respectful of my family, especially those who are older, but to also say, This is why that is hurtful. This is why that is damaging. And this is why I'm hoping we can talk about why you think that's okay to say and how you changing that could actually make us a stronger family. That's very important. Make us a stronger people. Because families, they don't realize it, but they're comparing. There's something I say to people all the time. Comparison is the thief of joy. If you want to steal the joy from your family, whether it's their skin tone, whether it's their education, keep comparing your kids and see if you don't steal the joy and the love that's in your home. I love this. It always gets emotional at the Red Table Talk. Well, yeah, and I've never actually really watched this version of the Red Table Talk with the Estevans. Yep. And they're really, really good. And it's just as thoughtful. And having a necessary conversation about anti-blackness in the Latinx community is so important, and especially for Afro-Latino people. And so it's just, it's it's really nice to hear this conversation taking place. We might be wondering, actually, Brown is Afro-Latina, but he said he only recently started acknowledging his Latino roots. So beautiful stuff. Check it out. On Facebook, uh, right now, Red Table Talk, the Estefans, and that's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And that also does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow wrapping up the week with you with great music and talk, news, and more right here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live on tomorrow's show. It's National Latinx AIDS Awareness Day. We're going to talk more about that, and we're going to understand what these black flags are all about It's uh, the Trump supporters' latest threatening symbol. It's messed up. That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. And stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about new rules to use social media intentionally. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.